Are you a sheep? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play, girls games. Don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Caring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, I'm Amanda, and with me today is my wonderful, hilarious, awesome, creative design person, Monica. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> I love that we always start with the same thing and then we totally fuck it up. After, like in the last few parts <laughs> yeah it's like the words just stop coming <laughs> they stop coming how are you doing i am doing good how are you all good in the hood it's been quite hot in the last couple of days so oh good it better stay hot when i'm there in two weeks i think it will rain and get a bit co cooler now but then it will be back and warm again when you come in two weeks yeah, well, actually, when this episode comes out, it's going to be more like uh, just a couple days. True. How That's exciting true. that. That's really exciting. I'm so Yay. excited. I was already driving around today. I was thinking, what all the other stuff can I show you? But then we already have quite a tight schedule. I'm so excited. Chocolate and food and stuff. Chocolate and food and vanishing lakes and vegan food and geek cafes. Yeah. And Maybe I don't need to think of a lot of other stuff, but definitely Vanishing Lake and vegan food and chocolate and geek cafe. I cannot wait. I mean, it's I'm like, small. I'm just it telling it's amazing. Yet? I really am really excited for you to come over. It'll be amazing. Okay. That's how excited I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually fangirling. You said a few episodes ago you never do that. Well, I'm fangirling over you. Woo! That's exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What have you been geeking out and fangirling about last wee while? Last wee while. I love that saying. Last wee while, I did a lot of TV watching, I have to say. So I've seen Good Omens, Ooh. which I really did enjoy. Yay, David Pe David Tennant. Yes. And I also really do like Michael Sheen, I have to admit. Mm. So he's he's he's... Hilarious in a different kind of way. And I watched Fleabag. Which oh, is, yeah, you were saying. Which is not like 100% geeky, but definitely something to fangirl about. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a bit too close to my reality at some point. Not really, but the priest thing. <laughs> that was a bit close to reality, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. What have you been geeking out about in the last wee while? In the last wee while? It should be a hashtag. Should be. Hashtag the last wee while. Honestly, like, not that much. Shocking. Yes. It is shocking. I've been quite busy um, with going to Backstreet Boys. That took up, like, two days. And it was amazing. 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 amazing! <laughs> Ooh, look at her fangirling again. <laughs> they are the ultimate. They are just the ultimate to me. 
Yes, I agree. I mean, I will fangirl about them till the day I die. Legit. Legit. Yeah, it's legit. Bury me with my Nick Carter poster, please. I can do that. Make that happen. Okay. Yeah. So that then, um, I was I've I've been working a lot. Like if I haven't been working, I've been actually out doing something. So then at the weekend, I had like a sleepover with some local women in business that like I'm getting quite friendly with. That was a lot of fun. Um, there was a birthday we were celebrating, and we ate pizza, and I was down on a farm actually. Nice. And in the morning. My friend was like, do you want to see the ground, see our land and meet the cows? And I was like, um, hell yeah, meet cows. I'm in. So we were walking up the lane towards the field where the cows were in. And all of a sudden she stopped. She was like, oh shit, the cows are out. And she had to run back to get her husband. And we had to like herd the cows back into the field. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. What an adventure. They just staged that for you guys. <laughs> I don't think so. But at the same time, I kind of hope so. <laughs> But awesome. But you yeah, got them so all back? We got them all back. She's got 14 cows and they were beautiful. And I got to Aww. touch one of them Aww. on his nose. I was like, hi, baby. What are we geeking out about, Monica? We are going to geek out or geek review. Because we haven't done that in a while. Um, Felicia Day's book, which is called You're Never Weird on the Internet. Almost. That's included in the title. I didn't make that it up. It is included in the title, yeah. <laughs> Monica's spot on with that. I need to give a little preface. I read this book back in the end of 2018. A long while ago. A while ago. So I have, um, it's not as fresh in my mind, but I have skimmed through it and I've got a bit of a refresher. So I'm going to do it justice. You're going to do it justice because honestly, it probably doesn't really make a difference. Even though I read it like a month or two or so ago, I probably also don't remember enough. But <laughs> I think we will remember enough um, for people to then decide if they want to find out more about her or if they want to read it. Yeah. So Felicia Day, she's kind of like the queen of the geeks. You say that. It's like her unofficial title. Yeah. I only ever heard, uh, the first time I heard about her was through you, though. <laughs> so I didn't know her before. That's so surprising. <laughs> I first heard about her in, uh, when she was in Buffy. She played V, uh, or Vi, uh, young, hopeful slayer. You know, I think it was season six or season seven when all the all the potential slayers came and she was, the, she was one of them. Hmm. I really don't remember that. We are definitely going to have to do the Buffy. Uh, we Buffy have episodes. to do the Buffy episode. But it's the same thing that I don't recall that Penny from the Big Bang Theory was actually in Charmed. Oh, I have actually not seen all of Charmed. I've only seen like a few episodes here and there. So I, I mean, that's some, something that was constantly on repetition then on TV back in the days you had to watch TV to do that and figure out when it's going to air. And then most of the time you would sit in school when the cool thing would air. So that was always hashtag first world problem and hashtag <laughs> the 90s struggle. <laughs> oh yeah, 90s struggle, no Netflix. No Netflix, not picking, choosing what you want to watch when and waiting and waiting for new episodes to come out. Crazy times. So that's, that's why I think... I, I don't even remember if I finished watching Buffy, to be honest. It was really also a long time ago and probably on a on the wrong time spot for me. 
Mm. Well, we should definitely, like, I know we, we said it months ago that we were going to do it. I think we should definitely do it. Was that when you caught interest in her because she was in Buffy? Kind of, yeah. Like, I, she was on my radar and I knew her name. Uh, and it wasn't until a lot longer, actually, probably when she, when I noticed her in Supernatural, because she had a recurring role as Charlie. Um, and I was like, oh, who is that? I recognize her. And so I was catching up on them in like 2010, 2011, and saw her there. And I like did a Google search or the IMDb search and was like, oh, she was in Buffy. And then like, I kind she, she, that's when she came on my radar. And I was like, this, this woman is cool. She's a geek. I like her. I didn't even get that far in Supernatural again. (laughs) I watched like two or three seasons, but then when Sam, got a bit weird and evil i wasn't that into it anymore yeah i mean to be fair the first three seasons of supernatural are some of the best like spooky horror shows ever like seasons ever and then after that it gets kind of weird yeah and that even comes from my next door neighbor slash best friend kathy who is like a diehard supernatural fan yeah and that's why i never really got to the seat i mean i always liked dean and sam together like Mm-hmm. appreciate the bro love here yeah it's so good but and i mean they're really hilarious but yeah at some point that happens to me with some stuff that i start to get into it and then i just don't feel the need to watch it again and then there are like 10 seasons out and it feels so much that i'm not gonna watch it again so that's why i didn't get to the point that i would meet felicia day there yeah true and I didn't play RPGs really when I was smaller. So that's probably Mm. also why she totally fell through my radar. Yeah, I guess so. That's why I've never heard of her before you told me about her. Which is like, must be sometimes between the last two years because that's how long we know each other. Since her days, like in recurring roles, she's kind of taken her career into her own hands and by creating her own space in geekdom. Yeah. Um, like she is well known for the like the first kind of YouTube series called The Guild that like they were they were doing and she talks about all of this in her book and it's actually amazing the way like the resilience and everything. Probably getting ahead of ourselves though, talking about the guild. <laughs> I mean that's something that she's very popular for in the geek world, so that's just one of the reasons why we could mention it in the beginning. Yeah, true. But basically, True. the book is an autobiography, so yeah. ri- written by her, small memoir about her life and how she got to where she now is, like how she became the queen of geeks, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not calling herself that in the book, but apparently she is, she's because you're not the first person to say this to me. So she is apparently the unofficial official queen of geekdom. So basically, she grew up in the U.S., um, she's born in 79, so she's 40 this year. Yeah. Wow. Oh, she's 40 on the 28th of June. It's like a birthday episode. It is a birthday episode. Happy, oh, my God. Happy birthday, Felicia Day. <laughs> we couldn't have done that better if we had tried. You see? It's like perfect organization. <laughs> amazing i like that 
You see? Happy birthday, Felicia Day. So she was born in Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> which cracks me Please up. Please don't ever try to do a southern accent again, Monica. That was really scary. <laughs> Alabama. Probably really, really bad. It was really bad. <laughs> she got homeschooled at some point by her mother. And she and her brother got homeschooled. Um, but I actually forgot when that started out. But she didn't really... Uh, she only started college at 16, so she didn't really have a lot of school experience and a lot of experience with actually meeting people <laughs> and no. developing proper social skills. That's how she calls it herself. I'm not bad-mouthing her here now. And it all started out really motivated. So her mother was really motivated, but at some point she kind of sort of lost interest and they had very... like. From the book, it seems as if they were already really developing niche interests. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they got a broad education from her parents or from, from their mother. But like, if they were into violin, then that's what they did. She sent them to, to violin school and hardcore and then really drilled into whatever it is that they were doing there or some random interests in what archaeology or generally really things that you wouldn't learn in her age yeah it was really like free range homeschooling like if the kids had an interest in something they could just learn about it yeah and it was cool and i think she also she she describes herself as pretty neurotic so she was also very ambitious and neurotic and like whatever she found interesting she totally basically already started to geek out about it hardcore. And that's probably one of the reasons why she actually, I don't know if people really know that. And it really surprised me that she then got on to the University of Texas on a scholarship for playing the violin. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Like she's a an accomplished violinist and yeah, professional level violinist. Like she could go on to play like Carnegie Hall and, and all the all the good stuff. Other fun thing is that her degree is not just in violin, it's in mathematics. So like she is not just like queen of the pop culture geeks. She's actually like really freaking smart. Yeah, she wrote it in her book as well that it was like hardcore mathematics that she so she had really she struggled really with the topics that they did, but then her and her tutor or someone told her that like a B is good enough, sorta. So she so she shouldn't aim for such a high, such a great um grade. Mm -hmm. And then she was just totally going over the top with everything and like had the highest points in class and everything. She still doesn't know what it's all about. <laughs> but she like just had the ambition and the drive, which sounds great when you say it now, but it's also a lot of pressure for a very young kid to put yourself under because she was only 16 when she did. So she started it early, didn't she? Or at least that's what I understand from it. Yeah. Yeah. She started college. Um, and in America, you usually start college around 18. Yeah. So she was early going there. She already described that that was difficult for her because everybody saw her as like the genius child somehow. And that was started out in the beginning a bit complicated. 
Mm-hmm. Until people actually realize that she's human. <laughs> and pretty cool. And pretty cool, yeah. And maybe a bit neurotic. Just a bit, tiny bit. <laughs> Felicia talks about her, like her original video game love, which was Ultima. But it's apparently also an RPG. Because the name she picked for Ultima, she also picked then as her name in the guild. Yeah, Codex. Yeah, so Ultima came out in 1981. Yeah, it was one of the, basically, like, Wikipedia is calling it the most significant computer game for early RPGs. In the description in her book, she describes that the way you um, create your character was by answering questions, which I find in the age that she was playing it in is like super innovative. Like Mm -hmm. you answered questions and then from the questions you answered, the character basically basically developed. That's how she described it. And I was like, that was what in the early 90s, late 80s that that happened? That's like pretty, pretty hardcore for a game back in the day that was like mostly pixel game. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, actually. I wish that more games nowadays did that as well. Yeah. I know there are a few out there um, that you can make choices like that, but I wish there was more. I like the... I mean, I get that people will probably be annoyed when they want to play a certain role, but I feel if you start out a game with a questionnaire like this, play it through with whatever you have, and then like unlocking everything else after that process, that would be cool. Look at us developing new game systems. Yeah, let's do it. Game developers, get in touch. (laughs) So Felicia um, played Ultima with a group of online people. So like, not only was it an RPG, it was like an online RPG that you could actually connect with other people and like hang out in game and then eventually meet them in person. (laughs) I think that this is when I really connected to Felicia Day um, more than like I had before, because like that's really similar to a lot of things that have happened to me, like uh, connecting with people that I've met through various online games and just meeting them in real life. And it's like, wow, this is cool. I would have probably connected with that, but she wrote about it. So like as not as if she was actually enjoying it. So I couldn't relate to her because The way she describes it in the book for me was more like you feel like she felt like she knew all of them. Then she met them in real life and then they were all a bit too strange and she didn't really connect with them and preferred the online way kind of. So Mm -hmm. that's that's what 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 I read, how how I read it. And for me, it was never like this. For me, it was always that I immediately connected with everyone. And I never had weird situations like this where I was like, I mean, that's so true that I never had weird situations like this. But with people I was already really close with online, it already felt like they were friends of mine when I met them. But the way she describes it, it was more like, turned out that a lot of them were actually pretty weird and that Mm. she didn't really actually connect with them when she met them but she preferred the online connection to the real life connection somehow. I mean, I do get that as well. I know that you say you don't always see it, Monica, but I can be really awkward meeting people in real life. And I'm like, but can we just go back to being online friends and forget that this happened? (laughs) I feel that's a very, very thin line in the end when it then becomes, uh, 
hiding behind something if even after you connect with the people and you see them in real life and i'm not saying you have to connect with everyone because obviously there are always some idiots and dorks out there who you would not want to who you then in real life realize that they are not your kind of people mm. but if you it feels then again like going into hiding and maybe that's the reason why i had a hard time connecting with the book but that's uh stuff for the end of the episode yeah maybe so yeah she obviously ultima was her entry drug to gaming i will call it that because that's where she it was basically it was her social contact to the outside world because she did not go to school with other people with other kids she didn't have the she did go to these all these lessons that her mother brought her to but that's like well, like what once a week and but you don't have regular she didn't have regular contact to people as you would when you would go to an actual school um in that intensity um which then as she describes made her a bit socially awkward yeah and made it harder for her to connect with people in real life because she didn't learn the skills she needed in an age where it's easier for you eventually yeah then her college years brought her to you know, hanging out with people under, like, she's younger than them as well. So it's like, not just going to college and needing to learn social skills, but it's needing to learn social skills and interact with people that are older than you. Yeah. So it was a pretty steep learning curve for her. But from the sounds of it, it, it went pretty well after a while. Yeah. Glad for her because I feel that's very difficult. Yeah, it's, it's something important. It's accumulation of a lot of difficult things like being younger or really feeling being super insecure then not really having the skills to interact with people of your own age let alone people that are older than you and then being pretty like ambitious and really wanting to do well and that never goes well with other people. <laughs> no. It's like trying to balance that whole I should probably make friends with screw everyone I don't want to know anyone I just want to focus on my own shit. <laughs> Exactly. But apparently they took good care of her once they saw that she's actually just a human like all of them. Yeah. And that's important. So after apparently she always wanted to be an actress. So she did a lot of acting when she was younger on various weird stages, like weird theaters. Um, So she decided once she finished college that she just, she will make it in Hollywood. Yeah. So she moved to LA just like that. As you do. I mean, that's what a lot of actors and actresses do. Like they just go to do it. Yeah. 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 And what they try to do then is being in getting acting classes, getting acting gigs. But when you don't get acting gigs in the meantime, to you do a lot of um try to get in ads. Yeah. Commercials and coasting by kind of <laughs> and then she got her part in Buffy in 2003 and yeah kind of sparked a bit of a career for her but she was still only getting like bit pieces here and there like cameos and extras and just kind of one episode maybe two episodes here and there she had built up a relationship with the director of Buffy, Joss Whedon, and he invited her to be in a few of his other productions, like Dr. Horrible's Sing-Along. I don't know if anybody has seen that. I actually haven't. 
Me neither. <laughs> yeah. Because I it came out in 2008 when I had just moved into my house and I didn't have the internet for like three years. I was stealing it intermittently from like various neighbors. If they had an open network, I would just kind of log on to their internet for a while. What? You moved into the house in 2008 and didn't have internet for three years? Maybe two years, but yeah. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. I had constant internet since I'm 14. I can't even imagine being out of internet in 2008 plus two years. I mean, don't get me wrong. I did have internet. It just, I wasn't paying for it. Somebody else was paying for it. And I don't know whose internet it was. And so, uh, I, but what I'm saying is that's why I miss Dr. Horrible. I didn't, I missed Dr. Horrible because I had no idea who Felicia Day was, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then she was also in Dollhouse, which was another Joss Whedon. So she was, uh, you know, getting in there with, I would say, one of the kings of the geeks is pretty important as well. Yeah. The problem, or the reason, however, why she then decided to take her fate into her own hands is because she did make quite a living. Like, as you said, it was mostly like never a big role that she got. And a lot, she got a lot of commercials apparently, which was kind of a random fact that she got cast for some commercial and then she auditioned for her own voice, but she didn't ca got cast as her own voice. Yeah. <laughs> Which I found pretty hilarious. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't really a big breakthrough that she had. It was more like she was getting by quite okay, but you don't want to be a commercial actor for the rest of your life. And it was emotionally, emotionally draining her. And that's mm. why she got into a bit of a love relationship with World of Warcraft that came out back in the days. Yeah, she was one of the... Vanilla players, as you say, um, in there at the beginning of the online part of the RPG. Who knows? She could have been hanging out with Tom online. That's she could have been hanging out with Tom online because apparently she was playing it for hours and hours and hours on end. So pretty intense, like she does with everything, I would assume. Yeah. She, you maybe have that in common with her, Monica. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so like Felicia was saying how she would basically go home from work and play Warcraft and that she was actually a wee bit addicted to the point where she would blow off other things to play Warcraft. I have not like a work appointment I didn't put off for gaming. Okay. Like I didn't stop go to work in order to play video games. But yeah, she developed some slight addiction. Apparently, that's really easy with World of Warcraft. I know someone who was really addicted. It is super easy to get really addicted. Um, I haven't personally gotten that addicted, but I could have easily gotten that addicted. Really? Yeah. It was just something about like living in this massive world and like hanging out with people and like exploring and being somebody that is not you. Like, yeah, I I don't know. It's yeah. The, I, I could. The line is really thin. Yeah, I can definitely see, and it easily could have been me. Yeah, I mean, I do see that. Like, especially when you're as she was not happy in your life. 
mm-hmm. and you feel nothing is giving you sense anymore and everything is a struggle, then being in an online world, especially in an RPG, oh, yeah. it's like fleeing real life, really. Yeah, and it's something that you can continuously play as well. It's not like it has an end point. It's just something that you can keep going back to. And there's definitely appeal to it and definitely uh, danger as well, I guess you can say, in terms of like the obsession. But she seemed to have noticed that, like, I mean, pretty soon is probably the wrong time frame. But she noticed it after a while that that wasn't a healthy relationship that she had with um wow so she actually just like went cold turkey or at least that's how i read it yeah i read it that way as well that it was just it got to the point that it was this she was living with her partner then uh by then as well wasn't she yeah Um, yeah she just kind of was like enough which i find a pretty strong i mean but she apparently has pretty strong mindset like stubborn to some degree Mm which makes it possible for you to pull something like that off. Like just say, nope, I've played 15 hours per day, but now I play zero hours a day. Like you need to be a certain, um, I don't know. Some people I feel have that. Yeah, definitely some kind of mental strength and determination that is lacking in me. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it wasn't too long after she quit Warcraft that she founded the guild. She was having these meetings with other women, basically. They founded this circle um, and they met weekly to talk about their progress in their lives. Like, I think one was a director and Felicia was, was, was the actress there and some other people did other stuff. Um, and they met regularly. I don't remember what else they did, but they met regularly to like an accountability group kind of thing during one of these meetings because Felicia tried as a writer and apparently really enjoyed writing. And because she felt so much pressure from that group somehow, because she always told them that she was doing these things that she never did <laughs> because she was playing Warcraft. <laughs> exactly. She then kind of told them about her idea that she has for this web series or generally for this story that was all about basically an RPG game and the guild and a guild in general, which then these accountability partner women told her or they gave her a piece to read or she gave them a piece to read and they were actually really excited because she did does write really well, apparently. And then they got the idea that they can just do it themselves because one of them could be the director and and someone else that's some other stuff and so she and two other women decided to pull that all together and shoot it themselves and create um something based on the first story that felicia wrote which was uh in the end the guild yeah so the guild has a really amazing story and if for nothing else read Felicia's book just for her to talk about the guild because it's creation is like a story of resilience and of like really it's going from nothing to something that was so successful like they were talking or she was talking about how they would like 
use props from their house and she was re- they were recording in a rental property and the landlord found out and like was getting really mad at them and yeah because they did shoot in their own places so they couldn't like the the actors they were all doing it with for no money so they were all uh pro bono basically yeah. <laughs> and everybody who worked there they didn't do it because she paid them well but because that's what they had that's what they got and it was LA so everybody tried to get some kind of recognition and be visible somewhere so a lot of people did apply which apparently when you ask people to do stuff for free it's tricky as well because even though you have very uh, clear specifics <laughs> Like mm-hmm. you want a woman between 25 and 35, there would still people show up that would be male and 60, for example, yeah. <laughs> which I found pretty hilarious as well. And yeah, a lot of work went into that and they published it on YouTube back in the days when it was still fresh peeled out of the egg and got amazing response. Yeah, they got such an amazing response, actually, that Hollywood executives found out about it and uh, offered them money for it. But she she did not only like write all of it, um, produce all of it, but she also starred in it, um, which also played into that overambitious side of hers, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like overambitious and pretty... like. The, a controlling sort of way because then when all the Hollywood people tried to get access to her story, um, she couldn't really let go because she never really felt that um, anyone really understood what was going on and nobody actually believed that she is a female. Could it be an actual gamer? Yeah, I have to read a quote from the book. She says uh, to the Hollywood executive, she says, you're giving me $2,000 a season. Total. He leaned forward conspiratorially. Since we're going to work together, tell me the truth. You didn't actually write this yourself, did you? Huh? Felicia said. He says, I mean, girls don't really game. So she concludes, what an asshole. (laughs) And that was like one of many offers that she got. Like, Yeah, in a probably also pretty interesting environment with straight white men. (laughs) Yeah. Because girls, but, girls obviously don't game, right? So, no, that's all the myth. Total myth. <laughs> she found someone who would give her money. Actually, interestingly, though, one side anecdote that I found hilarious is that they tried to make money, right, themselves. So they had this amazing idea that they could sell um, DVD box sets from the season. Yeah. <laughs> But what she didn't notice or realize when she offered it to the to everyone that a lot of people wanted them, like a lot, a lot of people, and they didn't get them, sent them somewhere and got them printed because they wanted to save money. They did that by themselves, manually, in their homes, burn the DVDs, print the labels, stick the labels on that stuff and ship it. But also shipping internationally is pretty expensive as well. So they did send out quite a lot of DVDs, but for quite a lot of money as well. That's how like the first kind of crowdfunding initiative started. So I think the second season they crowdfunded somehow when crowdfunding wasn't a thing. But it really actually got 
after a few seasons, the first two or three, it got too big for her shoes, for all of their shoes, because she got actually pretty popular through publishing it on YouTube. Yeah, like, it's amazing how Felicia is part of so many internet firsts. Yeah. Like, the first big web series on, on YouTube, the first crowdfunding campaign, the first, like, like, it's no wonder when you look at this that she is the queen of the geeks. Like, she's doing things that no, like, even male geeks weren't doing at the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. She was the right person in the right time at the right place. Mm-hmm. And she worked really hard for it. Like, it's not that, I'm not saying that she didn't put work into it, but if people have an amazing idea nowadays, when there being so much content on YouTube already, it's definitely more difficult than when there is not as much content out there yet. Yes, I totally agree with you. So, so that's more, that doesn't mean that all her efforts are less valid. It's easier to reach people now with the content that you have. And she was actually really, really, really niche. Mm-hmm. So, and I've watched like the trailer or something because I found it on YouTube still. It was actually, it wasn't a, like, it was well made on their actual YouTube channel. The other episodes are not available anymore. So they're, no, no they're still listed. Um, but it says video private and you can't access it. So you can only see the trailer. I assume that has legal, legal issues, legal issue because they did sell it at some point. Yeah. And it's available on, uh, us Netflix now, not UK though. Cause I looked that up as well. All her success with, um, the guild then led her to all the other geeky things. So she had, she did have at some point a hardcore mental breakdown. Which she then, however, came out as a big butterfly, I would say. Yeah. And she developed some boundaries and could set her boundaries more properly. She got founder as well for Geek and Sundry, um, which is also like promoting Geekdom, really. Yeah, she's doing a lot of amazing things in, in Geekdom. Like, imagine just having this production company that you can do anything you want within Geekdom. And you're just like, I'm going to explore this. And it's like, okay, let's be geeky about it. Like, oh, hashtag goals. <laughs> hashtag goals. And again, hashtag at the right space, the right time, mm-hmm. right place. I mean, again, she did a lot of work for that. Oh, yeah, she's worked hard. Like, if you look through a Wikipedia page, it's just like, holy shit, she didn't ever stop. Yeah. Like, pushing through even when you're mentally down. and Because that's what happened through through some season of the guild she wrote in her book. And people on the outside don't know. And you're still pushing through and writing. Writing for a season that's going to be published is pretty hardcore. But she apparently trained that up <laughs> early in her <laughs> days. <laughs> oh gamer gate yeah we've talked about that in a previous episode with uh animes and mangas where um nat said that felicia day is the queen of geeks and also she also she's really hot however that doesn't mean that that keeps her from being well publicly humiliated online by asshole trolls as everyone is apparently Mm-hmm. And especially when you're a female in geekdom, you have sometimes quite a lot of shit that you have to deal with. And in her book, she also wrote writes about her experience with Gamergate, which happened 
2014. In 2014. What happened there, actually? So in 2014, a harassment campaign, which was targeting several women in the video game industry, such as Zoe Quinn and Brianna Wu, and the feminist media critic Anita Sarkeesian. It was basically a, a gigantic harassment campaign. So they were receiving hate. They were getting doxxed. They were just, it was, the internet was a very toxic place. It started on platforms um, such as 4chan, uh, <laughs> that re really classy place. Classic. Um, internet relay chat uh, continued to more reputable places like Twitter and Reddit as well. It was big controversy over basically geek culture and women's place in it. Went over like cultural diversification, artistic recognition, social criticism of video games. Basically, like all of the things that geek caring we talk about now is what Gamergate was about back in 2014. But basically, it was from the different perspective though, right? So Gamergate basically promoted how this is all shit and this should not happen. Yeah. So they were attacking everyone who was trying to speak up like we do now. So we would mm -hmm. have been the one of the targets probably back in 2014. It's pretty crazy if we think about this. Yeah. Only like now, five years ago. Yeah. So Felicia uh, spoke out about all of the shit that was going on and she was, uh, she was doxxed um, pretty much almost immediately after she spoke out about it um it was short a blog post actually about it and her home address and phone number were posted online and she was started to get um harassing letters and phone calls and that was while she was still working on supernatural so basically she already had a big recognition she got super targeted by Asshole idiots is basically mm -hmm. what i'm saying because i don't get how far you or how low you have to sink in your head to think it's appropriate to post someone's home address and phone number for people to find you and make your life a living hell. Like what, what's wrong with you in your head to think that that's ever appropriate? It's never appropriate. It's yeah, just, it's never making that statement. It is never appropriate. Never appropriate. Even for celebrities, it's not appropriate. And uh -huh. saying they are out there in the world that comes with the job. That's just not fucking true. Nobody deserves to be like stalked and everybody needs their safe space in the world and your safe space is your home. So if you ruin someone's home, you basically can pretty much ruin their life as well. Shut the fuck up, assholes. <laughs> Moni has spoken. I have spoken. Yeah, so this chapter of You're Never Weird on the Internet, almost, is a really intriguing, interesting inside look that You don't really get a lot of that honesty and realness from like internet sources. It's a good read. Um, like I, I, I enjoyed this book uh, pretty much the whole thing, but I would recommend it for this chapter and when she's talking about how she set up the guild. Yeah, for me, the main, I mean, I've spoiled it sometime uh, around the first few minutes that I wasn't the biggest fan of the book. It took me, it was hard work getting through it for me. But definitely the Gamergate chapter was very interesting because it was from the point of view of someone who is harassed for 
basically you can't do anything against it. You just sit there and you have to see it happen. And whatever you do, every move you make is the wrong move in that situation. She always felt super comfortable in the geeky area and the geeky realm with gamers because she connected on them at cons and 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 she because she already um, got to be on the panels and stuff like that. So she really that was her kind of people. But because of Gamergate. She saw some gamers walking on the street and she was too scared to share the same side of the road. So she switched the road and that made her write the article uh, about this entire Gamergate situation, which she was really, she wasn't apparently not very emotional when she wrote, like not emotional in a case that she was like being super angry and writing it from an angry place. But she was just describing her feelings and how sad that is that she's now not connecting to the people she connected to most anymore. And that mm-hmm. just brought the biggest shit storm ever, as you said, pretty immediately. And, um, and that's just something that I found super interesting. It's just hard it's that sometimes it's so hard to find a way out, out of that, I don't know, hate that is around online, which I don't get why that's even the case but apparently some people are just sad sad people and live a bad bad life and that's the only way that they can feel powerful maybe and nobody taught them that that's not sustainable (laughs) yeah it's not sustainable to be an asshole no and it doesn't like it's a it's a short-term fix for your ego maybe but it's you cannot keep that up for your entire life so if you feel shit and you make someone else feel worse then like how far did bullies ever get in life i mean one is the u.s president right now but in general (laughs) that's not the rule i wouldn't say no or at least for me i feel if you're nice to people it brings you further in life but that might just be my fairy tale point of view it's a better way of looking at things anyways yeah so if you're interested in the queen of geeks and how she came to be and if you can handle quite a bit of neuroticism then you should definitely go check out that book yeah i would recommend if you're into autobiographies if you're into geekdom if you want to know more about gamergate if you want to if you just love felicia day i would recommend the book i i enjoyed it a lot more than monica did and I'm not afraid to admit it. A lot, a lot more. It just is great. I don't want to say how much I didn't enjoy it. Like it was really hard for me. So, but it's great that you enjoyed it. So, and we can have different opinions. We can, and we often do. Yes, that doesn't mean that she's a bad person. It's just not my cup of tea. That book. But again, I had there were a few things in there that really made me think, and that basically makes it a great book again. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, listeners, have you read Felicia Day? Um, we would love to know what you think. Pop your thoughts in the comments anywhere that you see us hanging out. Something that we haven't asked in a while, listeners. If if you've been enjoying Geek Caring, we would really appreciate it if you hopped over to iTunes and gave us a wee review. Yes, what she said. <laughs> yeah. They're 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 just really nice to read really nice to read out on the show and they give us all the warm fuzzies and you know make us know that there's people out there listening and enjoying what we're saying 
and it will really help us with all the iTunes rating if you gave us a review on there. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in this week. And we will see you again next week. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at Dragon Powered Studio. Dot com.